Hi there, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by is my next guest, author Jeff Sweat. Good morning, Jeff. Hi there. Thank you for Good morning, Janine. Good morning. Thanks for standing by. We just had to plug our fun drive. It's our last day of it, so thank you. (laughs) It's important. So tell me how you became an author. Well, I've been wanting to for as long as I can think about it, but um, I feel like I took a detour into journalism and marketing and advertising, and like a lot of us, I, I, there were ideas in my head, and at a certain point, I realized I don't get them out now, they're never going to come. So uh, so that's how I started my, my writing career late in life. You know, it kind of nags at you. It's like, hello, pay attention. You it know, it does. Like, yeah. uh, I, feel like, I feel like this book idea was in my head probably for about four years before I ever even attempted to put it down on paper. Yeah. So it takes a while. Yeah. And it's interesting. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And sometimes mm-hmm. we get into these moments in life where we are in a funk. We don't really like what we're doing. We feel this nagging, uh, this need to do something else. We don't quite know what it is. Or maybe we do and we don't have the confidence. I completely agree, and I feel like for me, it was doing things that were really close to what I wanted to be doing creatively, mm-hmm. but not quite doing it, and I think we do that a lot. We sort of say, well, we're almost there, and this sort of counts, and you know, it's, it's, which, it, that stuff matters too, but at a certain point, if you really want that kind of creative exercise, you have to go for it. Right. Now, you led the content marketing team for Yahoo and pioneered its use of social media, uh, you directed PR for two of the top advertising agencies in the country, Deutsche LA and 72nd and Sunny, and you run mm-hmm. your own Los Angeles-based PR and marketing agency, Mr. Sweat. <laughs> I like that. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah, really cool. I found out people were calling me Mr. Sweat anyway, so I just became a name of the So how did you come up with this idea for this futuristic thriller that pits teens against teens, Mr. Sweat? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. I will say that I grew up in the 80s here in Reagan, America, and we were all pretty sure the world was going to end at some time, no matter what. And so then it just became a question of trying to figure out how. Yeah. And um, and so I knew that the first kind of real attempt I made at anything would be some kind of post-apocalyptic story. And um, But I wanted to find an interesting way to, to look at that. And, um, and I read a study that said that, that there were two huge population booms in, in the world. One was when we developed agriculture, and the other one was when we lived old enough to become grandparents, or to have grandparents, which was only about 30. And when that happened, all these things changed. We suddenly had impulse control, we had memory, we knew where the good food was and what was poison, and we you know, we were able to, like, to boom as a society and to live even longer. And so I thought, what would happen to the world if we took that all away? And, and that's how Mayfly uh, came to be. And let's talk about um, George Orwell and Margaret Atwood, how that influences your work. Well, I would say any modern dystopian writer probably lists, especially Margaret Atwood, as, as an influence, um, and, and I know I do. And I think it's because not only is she a great writer of speculative fiction, but she's a great writer, period. And um, she has found a way to make the dystopian world very personal, and I think like a Handmaid's Tale, it works not just because of the world she describes, but because that character that inhabits the central of it. Mm-hmm. So, as a first-time author, how what was this process like? You know, writing this book. Well, it was. Uh, I, was I I decided to. I, I think the biggest 
the obstacle was just starting. And so I, oh, yeah. scheduled, I scheduled a writing class as a way to make myself turn in that first chapter. Good idea. And, and I did on May 1st, and um, I decided, kind of in the back of my head, decided to, to finish it in a year. And I didn't even know if that was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working full-time in advertising and with three kids, so there wasn't really a lot of time. And um, about, I would say, a month uh, away from that goal, I realized that it was actually achievable, and I decided I was really going to do it. And I actually decided to give myself a little reward of a, like a little vacation trip if I, if I did it. Nice. And what I didn't realize was that I was, I thought it was maybe 10,000 words away from, from the end, and I was really like 25,000 words away oh, from the no. end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and so I did it. I actually, I stayed up late every night, typically starting around like 9 o'clock and writing until about midnight um, after the kids went to bed. And the last week, I remember I averaged about three, 4,000 words a day, which was, Incredible. you know, crazy. Yes. Uh, and the biggest enemy was sleep. I actually was falling asleep sitting at my, at my um, desk, so I rigged up a standing desk, and that's how I wrote the last three, you know, uh, three, four days of oh that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I finished, <laughs> I think, at 12.03, the day that I said I was going to. Um, and I remember I had a, a glass of whiskey in one hand and a cup of coffee in the other hand, and that seemed about right. Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I remember it was like 3 a.m., and I was working on my dissertation with a cat on the desk and another on my lap, and you're just like delirious. <laughs> yeah, is this done? Can it, can it be? I know. It was, yeah. it was pretty crazy, and it was, you know, still this, I still have that moment just etched in my memory. I think it's great. I don't know if I could be writing at midnight. I'm more of a morning person. You know, I'd rather get up at 5 with coffee and no one's up. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel like I would do a lot better if I could figure that out. I feel like the world's a little too busy at night. Oh, yes. It's a writing time. Yeah. I don't know. And y- three kids? I'd be collapsing. <laughs> you know, um, I had amazing support from my wife who, who actually agreed to get them away from me for a little bit um, for that brief period of time. And um, I, I think it would be really difficult without a good support system. Absolutely. So shout out to your wife. Yeah. Definitely. So what's Generation K? Can you talk about that? Yeah, so it's funny. We did um, some marketing research for this book, and it was actually done by one of my agency clients named North in Portland. And they, and I don't know if it's typically done for, for books, but as a marketer, I wanted to know who my audience was. And so they did what they called a customer journey. And one of the things they found out was that a subsection of what we call Gen Z is uh, what researchers are starting to call Gen K, as in Generation Katniss. And it's because they, they sort of view the world as this dystopian place where they're going to have to fight for their rights, their human rights, for their basic needs, for food, all these kinds of things. They look at it as more of a world where they've got to try to survive. And so mm-hmm. that really resonated with us because you know, the, the, when I wrote the book, that was sort of the world I was imagining, and actually the dedication of the book says, to the kids who hold the world together, whether they meant to hold the world or not. And, and it was meant to be about these burdens we place on kids, the, the messes we ask them to clean up as adults. Yes, and, right. and I kind of meant the book is a metaphor for kind of everyday kinds of things. Right. But um, when Parkland happened, um, and the Parkland survivors started becoming such a force in, in this political debate, I, yes. that was the first time I, I think that I saw this really kind of being uh, meant literally. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't expect to see that, and it was pretty amazing. I think kids are so, um, you know, despite having to deal with the teenagers, they, they have, have risen up time after time with grace and, and a 
energy for, for these kinds of things. Yeah. I find your book very timely, considering, you know, Generation K and what's going on right now. Yeah, I, I do think so. And I think it's, it's um, you know, I think it's just a, a, it shows how resourceful and capable our kids are. And frankly, how good our world is going to, uh, how, how the hand, they're in good hands, I'm sure. That was a really inarticulate way to say that. That's, okay. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one more inarticulate than me Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're sharing that for sure. Top exactly. two, yeah. So where can people find out more about you? So um, you can check out jeffsweatbooks.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at jeffsweatbooks. Um, and uh, I guess my, my PR agency is at mrsweat.com. Um, but there are you know reviews up on Goodreads and Amazon and any of those other places if you want to learn about the book. Fantastic. Any last bit of info you'd like the listeners to listeners to know about your book? You know, I, I think for Angelinos, I think this is a really great book because it's set in L.A. You know, 100 years in the future when no one lives past the age of 17. And so it was kind of a chance to see L.A. through new eyes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, for me, it's a, a place I love. And so I look at places like the Observatory and, and Disney Hall and try to imagine how a kid in 100 years would see that and, what, and how they would decode and um, so there's lots of little Easter eggs for anyone who lives in L.A., and I would say that would be I the, like that. one of the reasons to look for it. Yeah. Easter eggs in L.A. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much for calling in. This has been fantastic. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Have a great day. That was author Jeff Sweat calling in to talk about his book, Mayfly, which has just come out May 8th. Uh, if you want to find out more about it, it is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you missed any part of our conversation, it'll be up within an hour after we wrap. I'm going to take a little break, and then I have my last guest calling in, Lee Reich. He's uh, talking about his book, The Ever-Curious Gardener, Using a Little Natural Science for a Much Better Garden. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.